Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. Hi, folks. Happy Friday. It is great to be with you today. Nathan Pierce here with Family Protection Ministries. Today is May the 5th, and we have a couple of topics today to cover, and I'm excited about them, so let's get started. I want to talk first about a concept that's in an article on our website, and you'll be able to uh, read the full article called The Counterweight Inhibiting Excess in Government. But also, we're going to talk a little bit about some tips on how to uh, specifically take a look at some of the videos that are available on the legislative websites uh, to watch hearings and floor sessions. And then I want to give you a little couple of tricks on how to find specific conversations in those hearings. Then uh, finally, we'll talk about a few prayer requests and uh, we'll get to those toward the end. Then uh, we were going to wrap up with uh, a discussion with Frank Erb on prayer for strength for legislators. So let's get started with the counterweight. Now, this counterweight concept is something that goes way back. And it's something that people have used uh, for a variety of things over the years for um, using a, just like levers and pulleys and all kinds of things. The concept of a counterweight is to make something uh, more balanced in terms of weight. If you think about uh, a castle and you think about the portcullis and you think about the, the gears involved in raising that portcullis, you might also think of the fact that there might be a, a big uh, bag of rocks or a giant stone that's tied to the end of some rope that kind of acts as an extra weight to counter the weight of the portcullis for raising it up. The other uh, thing you might think of is that when you raise the drawbridge, there might be a counterweight attached to the other end of the drawbridge or the other end of the pulley so that the weight that you're lifting isn't quite as heavy. Now, the counterweight we're talking about today has to do with government, as you might imagine. Uh, this article that I'm going to be referencing and even reading some from is actually something that was written by our founder, Roy Hansen, some years ago. But the principles of this counterweight concept remain the same, and they're just as vital today as they were both uh, when Roy wrote the article some years back, as well as in the times when these discussions took place both in the founding of the United States and even prior to that. So let me read at the beginning of the article. We as citizens are the counterweight, the balancing force which our founding fathers designed into our unique form of government in order to secure our freedoms. Without our proper involvement, our government will overwhelm and trample the very liberties and freedoms it is supposed to ensure. Our involvement is both a right and a responsibility of long standing. We neglect this right and this, this responsibility to our detriment. A full century before our country was formally established, the question of the source of the power of government was being hotly debated in England. This was at the time when many families sailed to America in their desire to enjoy the liberty and freedom they understood was their right. 
It was at that time in the 1600s in England when a nonconformist Scottish preacher by the, name of by the name of Samuel Rutherford wrote his book, Lex Rex, to describe the relationship between the king, the people, and the law. The purpose of his book was to hold the king properly accountable first to God's law and then to man's laws and to the people. In Lex Rex, Rutherford discussed the question of whether the king received his power and authority from the people. He concluded, the power of creating a man as a king is from the people. We not only have this long-standing right, but we have a responsibility to participate in the affairs of government. During the Constitutional Convention of 1787, our founding fathers spent a great deal of time deliberating this vital issue of the involvement of the people in their government. James Madison wrote in, the, in Federalist Paper Number 37 about the Congress's concern regarding the seriousness with which the Congress took this issue of balancing a strong, stable government with the individual liberties retained by the people. The genius of Republican liberty seems to demand on one side not only that all power should be derived from the people, but that those entrusted with it should be kept independence on the people. The continued protection from our government overstepping its boundaries and overrunning our liberties requires the citizens to continually participate in their government, to hold their elected representatives closely accountable. By the intentional design of our governmental system, it is the responsibility of every citizen to vote and to let our elected representatives know what our desires are. Some 13 years before the Constitutional Convention and two years before the signing of the Declaration of Independence, Congress passed the Declaration of Rights in Philadelphia on October 14, 1774. In it, our country's fathers stated, the foundation of English liberty and of all free government is the right of the people to participate in their legislative council. We ignore this right at our peril. Those in the government who would want us to be their servants rather than being the public's servants make every attempt to trample this right underfoot. Over 200 years ago, the people of the United States of America exercised their power to create a government, specify the limits of its power, and proclaim that the basis of their government's authority is the people. The uniqueness of the United States of America is that we are the first nation whose particular form of government resulted from well-reasoned deliberation rather than from a war or coup. These deliberations were accomplished by men who shared a common ground on a worldview generally consistent with God's word. After carefully considering the defects and limited successes of other nations throughout history, they established our representative form of a federal republic. These considerations resulted in the attendant security, stability, liberty, and freedom that we have enjoyed. However, the liberty and freedom we so highly treasure will not survive the power and the authority of government, which we depend on to provide for our national security and stability. If we neglect our right and responsibility to be involved in the governance of our nation, or if we hesitate to hold our elected officials accountable, corporately and individually, the citizens of this country are the only counterweight that can offset the tendency of our government towards ambitious, inappropriate, and excessive involvement in our lives. So. With all that said, I want us to consider the fact that we as citizens are the counterweight, are to be the counterweight. That's what our government was designed to have. Our government was designed with us in mind that we would be involved in government. However, 
Granted, our government is much bigger than it was originally. Granted, our country is much bigger than it was originally. California itself is a massive state, 40 million people, and we have so much going on, it's hard to keep track of all the local things happening in local government and county government and the statewide level, as well, not to mention what's going on at the federal level. So how do we engage? We have to start somewhere. It's really important that we be involved in local government to some degree. Now, some people are more involved than others in local government, and that is a good thing. It's important for people to choose their portion of government to be the most involved with. But nobody should be completely leaving it to everyone else to deal with. Nobody should have their hands completely in their pockets when it comes to the government. You should all be engaged to some level in what's going on in our state government. If you think of it this way, if you lived in a royal family and you were the person to inherit the kingdom and whatever happened with the previous king, they died or whatever and left you the crown, you then have the responsibility to lead that country. Now, think of it in this context. If you're a Christian and you want good for your country, you want the best for your country. You want your country to honor God and to honor and value the principles that he lays out in scripture. And yet, you really don't want to be in that position of leadership. You really just want to go back to being in your family and doing other things that you like doing. But there's a catch. And, and you, could, you could leave, you could abdicate the throne, and you could leave it to the next person in line. But the problem with that in this scenario that I'm giving you is that the next person in line does not agree with you on what is best for the country. The next person in line doesn't like God's word and does not want to honor God or God's principles that he has laid out in scripture for, for your country. Now, that's a different scenario than what we're in today, right? Well, a little bit, but not so much as you might think, because in our country today, we have a role to play in our government. We are that counterweight. And the more pieces of that counterweight that jump out of the bandwagon and don't participate in being the counterweight, the more that drawbridge is going to slap down harder, or that portcullis is going to close up because the counterweight is disappearing. There's nobody to hold the weight. There's nobody to be the balancing factor in the government. Our government was designed to have a counterweight. And if that counterweight bails, then what we're left with is a runaway government. So we've got to engage. If you need help or an idea on how you can get engaged in government and to be a part of getting the word out to your friends that they need to participate too and not bail on being that part of that counterweight, you can easily visit our website at fpmca.org and look at how you can get involved. There are so many different ways to get involved in government. And there are some critical ways to get involved in government to help protect the family and homeschooling specifically. There's ways to do that locally at the state level here in Sacramento or wherever you are, because this is critical 
And our government was designed to have this counterweight. And if you don't participate, that's a piece of the counterweight that's missing. So I want you to think about that. So I want to give you a couple of tips today on some things that you may not know about that you can get information about our government. Because you can't be acting as a counterweight if you don't know what's going on in government. You can't act as the counterweight if you're not aware of the things going on. So we're going to look real quickly at some of the ways that you can find out what's going on in the California State Legislature. Uh, there's several websites that help you to engage in and understand what's going on at the state level in government. One of those is the legislative website, and I talk a lot about that, and there are videos on our website about walking you through the legislative website, help you understand how to find a bill, track a bill, understand how to read a bill, things like that. But there's some other websites that are critical too. One of them is the Senate website, and the, the other is the Assembly website, and these two sites make up the two sites that function for the uh, two houses of our state legislature. We have uh, an upper house and a lower house in the state of California. We have the Senate, which is the upper house. There's 40 members. Each member in the state Senate represents a million people in California. In the assembly, you have the lower house, 80 members. Each member of the assembly represents about half a million people in the state of California. So uh, altogether, there's 120 California state legislators representing us in the state capital in Sacramento. Those two houses each have floor sessions and they have committee hearings. So the Senate website, senate.ca.gov, is, uh, is a place where they have the information about what's going on in the Senate. There's schedule information. There's information about each senator. There's a way to find out who your senator is. There's also information about what's going on today in the legislature and what the schedule is going to look like going forward. But it also has something called live streams and media archive. This is where you can actually find out what's going on right now today. Can I watch a hearing? Can I watch a floor session? And you can actually watch these things live on the Senate website. The Assembly website has the same exact thing. It has the, uh, the same concept of live stream and media archive. You can watch any hearing or floor session either live when it's happening, or you can go back and watch it later. You can even download the videos. You can just download audio if you want to. And then there's something else that I want to show you that's really fascinating, and that is the captions. They actually have downloadable captions for every floor session and hearing at the state capitol. So that means. If you are watching a session, and this is helpful to me, if you're watching a session, uh, you're maybe in person at the state capitol or you're watching online, whether you're watching online uh, in real time or you're watching a video that of the session that took place in the past, you can download the captions from that, that event, from that you can look at the transcript from the meeting and actually do searches on it. So you can search for words and look up conversations that you remember taking place. So I can go in, download the captions, and just search for something that took place. I can search for the word homeschooling. I can search for family or child or school. I can search for these things that help me to find conversations that took place that I need to uh, review what was said. 
so that we can be aware of what's going on at the state capitol. Now, you can do this for floor sessions where all of the assembly or all of the Senate are together arguing and voting on various bills, or you can actually do it for the uh, the uh, committee hearings like the assembly education committee hearing, the Senate education hearing, the health committees, the judiciary committees, all of these have hearings where you can actually download the video, you can watch the video, you can watch them live when they're happening, you can watch them later, and you can download the captions and do searches on what was talked about. Um, so that's incredibly, incredibly helpful. So um, you can do it on the assembly site or the Senate site. Again, the Senate site is senate.ca.gov. The assembly site is assembly.ca.gov. And those links to the live stream and media archive are up at the very top of both of those pages. On the assembly, it's upper right corner, Senate, it's upper left corner, um, but either way, you'll find it at the very top of those pages. So take a look at that because it can be really useful and you can, you'll can you be surprised at how much information that you can access there. So that kind of brings me to another thing, but before I finish up with this thing about hearings, I want you to know some of these floor sessions and hearings are very, very long. Um, I was at one hearing um, last week where it was the uh, Senate Judiciary, I believe, where they started their session at nine in the morning. They took a couple of breaks and they didn't end till well after nine o'clock in the evening. So that's well over 12 hours of hearing. There's other hearings and floor sessions that go beyond that. Uh, some, some hearings are shorter. I was at a hearing earlier this week that was only an hour long. So that was great. Uh, but other times it's, um, it's very lengthy. So that's one of the reasons why it's so helpful. If you know in a hearing there was some conversation that took place that you need to hear or a bill was presented, you can actually download the captions and know exactly where in that 12-hour long hearing that session, that bill was discussed. So nice tip for you there, and you can um, do with that uh, what you will, but I would encourage you to use this information to be to make yourself aware of how you can have an impact in the legislature. Um, we are going to be having an event in just a couple of weeks, May 20th, down in San Diego, where the, the event is called Homeschool Freedom Day. And the reason we call it that is because this event is all about homeschool freedom. What is homeschool freedom? What is it that allows us to have homeschool freedom? And how do we keep this freedom? And if you're interested in keeping homeschool freedom for tomorrow, for next year, for your children and for your grandchildren, Come to this event and make sure that you are equipped to engage in the legislature, engage in government, and make a difference because you can make a difference. Even though it feels sometimes like you can't, you can make a difference. Sometimes it means delaying bad policy from being implemented. Sometimes it means stopping it or completely reversing it. And so we can make a difference if we become equipped and if we work together to do it. So I would encourage you to, enjoy, to, to join us at Homeschool Freedom Day in San Diego on May 20th to learn more. Uh, go ahead and visit our website to check that out. And um, we would love to see you there. It's going to be an incredibly uh, amazing opportunity. We have a number of speakers, including Jeremiah Lorig from Generation Joshua. We have, uh, we have um, myself, uh, my assistant, uh, my legislative assistant, Drew. Uh, Jennifer Avila will be speaking. And uh, it's going to be a great event where you can learn a lot about how you can personally and your family can make a difference in government and protecting our freedoms. 
So join us there. Um, now I want to get into some prayer requests here before uh, we transition into hearing from Frank Erb on praying for our legislators. And that is, I want to ask you to pray for Family Protection Ministries and the work that we're doing. It is extremely busy this time of year with the legislature. Deadline after deadline causes the legislators to have to push their bills through very quickly. And there's a lot of amendments. Um, I'm involved in several different amendments in several different uh, bills right now that are getting pushed through quickly. We need to stay on top of all of these things, but there's so many different bills going on at once that um, it's it's hard to keep our head on straight sometimes. So I would appreciate your prayer for just um, getting enough rest and also being able to think straight and be aware of everything that we need to be aware of to protect homeschool freedoms and the family in California. Uh, next, I'd like to, you to pray for our team that we'd all be able to stay healthy through this season. Um, we have a small part-time staff that works really hard to keep this organization going and help me to, to be aware of legislation and to take action on it as needed. We also have a, um, a lot that our family gets involved with. The Pierce family gets involved with uh, various um, mailings and putting uh, packets together for legislators as well as, um, as well as getting information out to, to people to get them active in various parts of the state. So I would encourage you to pray for my family as well. And we'd ask that you'd just pray for our ability to, to function through this time of year. Uh, it's always a crazy busy time. This year is more crazy than, than usual, um, but also um, we just have a challenge after challenge that, that comes up too during this time of year. It seems like things, bad stuff always happens um, this time of year. Our, our catalytic converter was just stolen off the van a couple of weeks ago. Um, somebody was gracious to, to help us get that fixed. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, but we've had a number of other issues. We had a flood in our house, um, various other things that have happened to us over the over the past uh, month and a half during the crazy time of year. And um, I know that Satan doesn't want us to do this job, um, but God does, and God's enabling us to continue on. So pray for us that God would just continue to provide for us and that we'd be able to keep on going uh, with the next thing that God has for us. And uh, please also uh, be praying for our legislators, and we'll be uh, talking a little bit about that, praying for our legislators for strength. So thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, we'll be talking again to you soon. What about um, praying for them to have strength? Um, what uh, What would that look like? What why would Why would we do that? So this is the one that caught my attention the most when I first stepped into the Capitol, because I did not know until I was in that world how much temptation our elected officials are facing. And behind the scenes now, as a pastor there all these years, I have just hundreds of one-on-one -on -one conversations alone in offices with government leaders or just a small group of us where they open up. And one time at a legislator's Bible discussion, a senator said, he said, you know, when we get into this position, he said, there are people, as soon as we step in to being a state legislator, and it's the same in Washington, D.C. as a U.S. Congress member, that there are people who will go out of their way to learn what tempts you the most and then offer it to you. Mm -hmm. And he said, we've never been in this situation before we got elected, and this is 
he, he actually said in the group setting, he said, this is killing people. And around the table, there was quiet uh, somberness. They take it very seriously because they know the temptation in their own heart, perhaps, and they also have seen it destroy colleagues if they've right. been there for a little while. Wow. And it's every kind of temptation we can imagine is offered to our government leaders in abundance, and they're just people. And many of them have never had a background in dealing with this. And so it's, it's really a dangerous profession, I think, for many. It's a dangerous environment. Unless they're really strong, they can get pulled into all kinds of temptations, pride, arrogance, greed, ambition, right? Um, deceitfulness, yeah. hypocrisy, but also all the immorality of various kinds, and alcohol and drug abuse, discouragement, everything. it's all pulling on them. And in many cases, really hurting them. Yeah, go ahead. Sounds a lot like kind of what uh, Samuel was it that uh, warned the people of Israel if they got a king, you know, if they if they got themselves a king, then he would be um, perhaps going after a number of different things that that Samuel listed out. You know, the the horses, um, the women, the 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 um the wealth of the land these are things that samuel in the old testament warned people that that if you have a a leader that you can look to like the other nations which is what they wanted that's something that would be a challenge for for a leader to have to struggle with that's right and so sometimes we can see it we'll look at a government leader go well obviously that one's not following the lord and we'll pray for them to have strength but I would encourage all of us to be praying also for the government leader who you think is doing a good job and is trying to follow the Lord, uh, because I can you know, pretty much guarantee you, regardless of who they are, that behind the scenes, they're dealing with pressures and temptations that most of us have never encountered or probably don't really understand. And so pray for them to be strong. Mm, that's uh, a good yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good reminder. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.